Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello there, writers and book lovers. If you enjoy listening to the show and want to help me keep creating awesome content, I have a Patreon page where you can support the podcast and get exclusive access to ad-free episodes, live chats, and the Discord server. By becoming a patron, you'll be helping me cover the costs of producing the show and making it even better. So if you can, please head over to the Patreon page and join the community of Right and Wrong fans who are helping to take the show to the next level. Thank you for listening and for your support. Let's get back to it. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These these your notes about what we're going to say? Um, anything. It's a short answer. <laughs> so how many novels did you not finish? Oh my from? God, so many. <laughs> it was perfect. What are you talking about? This is nonsense. Ooh, a spicy question. I love it. <laughs> this is it, guys. The big secret to getting published is you have to write a good book. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. We're going <laughs> to... Hello and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. I am joined today all the way from New Zealand by number one Kindle best-selling historical and contemporary women's fiction author, Soraya Lane. Hi, Soraya. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. This is, I mentioned before we started recording, this is the, the longest distance interview <laughs> that I have ever done. So it's quite exciting for me. Um, you have straight straight into it you have a new novel um which will be out by the time this airs the cuban daughter which is the second part of your lost daughters series tell us a bit about it yes so very exciting um with the second book in the series um coming out very soon um so just to give you a quick uh, overview i suppose the lost daughters series um centers around uh well the stories are all linked by a connection to hope's house so each main character in the present day receives a small wooden box that contains a clue to uh, the main characters to her grandmother's past um, that was left behind at a home for unmarried mothers and babies. So I have each woman, uh, so it, the, the books span between um, present day and the past, and each woman goes on a journey to discover her secret heritage. So we have all the books uh, start in London, including the new book, The Cuban Daughter. Um, but as the title would suggest, uh, we travel to Cuba uh, with our main character, Claudia, and um, and she goes to Cuba to try and find out about this secret heritage of hers. Um, and we also have um, the second story, which is set in the past, uh, which is around Esmeralda, who is... Um, who turns out may, may or may not turn out to be uh, Claudia's <laughs> a long lost uh, grandmother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. It's really cool. I love I love um, these sort of. It's not quite an anthology series, but a series where it's sort of lots of individual stories connected by one sort of central hook. I love that kind of thing. Absolutely, and I really wanted people to be able to you know pick up book you know two or three or four in the series. And not feel that they had missed something from not reading the first book. So obviously, it's it's nice to start from book one. Uh, but you know, there is a there is an overarching theme that links each book. But you certainly don't miss out on you know on on something uh, an important um, key uh, you know plot point or something if you do just dive in um, into book two or, or another book in the series. Yes, and that's you can almost read these in any order. 
Yes, absolutely, definitely. And in the actually in the Cuban Daughter, we actually have a scene that is also in the first book, uh, which is repeated at the start of the at the book. Um, just for those readers who haven't, uh, you know, started at the very beginning with book one. Um, but I'm actually hard at work on finishing book three at the moment, so I haven't uh. repeated that scene in book three. But it was just <laughs> nice to be able to do that for readers who might be jumping straight in in book two. Yeah. Okay. So you get two chances, but book three. Yes. No prisoners. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so, um, with this one releasing, how many how many books will you have out in the world then? Oh, in the world, that's a very good question. Uh, do you know? I feel like I stopped counting at some point. Um, <laughs> I have been writing for a number of years now. I'm a full time yeah. uh, novelist, so I, I think I'm up to maybe about book number forty two. But I, I know it's over forty. But I would have wow. to check. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. And that's published, right? Yes, so some of the earlier books um, were shorter, you know, slightly shorter formats. Um, mm-hmm. But no, it's it's been. A, I also um, just you know because I like to you know mix things up a little. I also wrote a children's series <laughs> in there as well. <laughs> so uh, I had a, I had a six book children's series that came out along the way as well. So I'm counting that uh, with that with that tally up of books. Okay, was it yeah. was it very different? Did you find it very different going from sort of um, contemporary and historical fiction to children's books? Yes, it was. It was so difficult. I had this wonderful idea in, in mind of the sort of the type of series I wanted to read when I was a child. Uh, but actually, getting into the head of a twelve-year-old girl is rather difficult. So <laughs> I actually I found it so hard because I feel like with the contemporary and even the historical books that I usually write for an adult audience, uh, the characters are probably more of similar age to me, and I feel like it's. It's easier to understand, you know, what they're going through and how they might be feeling or reacting in certain situations. So I definitely think writing children's fiction is, is much, much harder. Yeah. And and from my experience as well, there's there's a lot more for the industry, there's a lot more sort of um gatekeeping in, in terms of like there's a lot of safety protocols and sort of things you have to think about on on more levels um with, with children's stuff, as opposed to adult where you can kind of be much more um, broad and, and do maybe more risque things. Absolutely. I think there's sort of a, a responsibility factor, perhaps, of writing children's fiction, exactly. whereas adult fiction, adult fiction is quite different. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> if I want to write something insane and you want to buy it, then you're an adult and you made that choice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so going back a bit here, uh, you've written many uh many many novels now mm-hmm. do you do you remember when you wrote your your very first one first published one or first ever novel well let's let's start with first ever novel first ever. okay i remember it very clearly i was actually at uni- <laughs> i was actually at university studying law and i had this overwhelming feeling of wondering why on earth i'd wanted to be a lawyer uh <laughs> and it just uh, i mean i i did enjoy the degree but i just had this feeling it wasn't the right career for me and so it took me two years whilst stud- whilst i was studying uh to write this very long-winded historical uh romance novel and I thought it was the most amazing thing ever written and sent it off to, you know, agents and editors and was promptly rejected by everybody. So uh-huh. uh, it took me about another six uh, unpublished novels before I finally had the, the phone call um, offering to buy my first book. So it was a, it was a, 
it was a very, I call it my, um, my apprenticeship. It certainly took a little while. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's such a good way of looking at it. Like, yeah. You have to apprentice, uh, Absolutely. You have to apprentice sort of by yourself with no, <laughs> you know, no like team or anything around you. That's yeah. I mean, a very, I think a very relatable, um, story for a lot of, uh, authors is you kind of have to, there's a lot of, um, a lot of often a lot of struggle and time and, and kind of shouting into the void goes on before you before it can all take off. Absolutely. And I do genuinely think, you know, you can you can go to all the writing courses and read all the right books about how to do things, but sometimes it's actually just the writing that really mm-hmm. I think helps us develop our voice and to really get a feel for what we want to write and where our strengths lie. So um, although by book number seven, I was definitely ready to be published. Um, it was, it was definitely, it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. Okay. So, um, six novels that, you, that you'd written and were you yes. sort of, every time you wrote a new one, were you submitting it to agents? Were you submitting it to publishers? I was, and living in New Zealand, um, it was, uh, well, back then we actually had to post off the, you know, the partial, so the first three <laughs> chapters. And so I can uh-huh. tell you, it cost a, a small fortune to send yeah. those, um, partial manuscripts, um, to London and um, to New York at the time, I was sending them everywhere I could, and of course, you had to pay for a self-addressed envelope too to send them back in. So it, mm-hmm. it was a very expensive exercise. Uh, but no, it was. I, I tried very hard to get those books published, and I was actively, you know, looking for a publisher and for an agent. And when it finally all came together, I actually received my first offer from a publisher and um, and an offer from an agent all in the same week. So it's amazing how you can try something for so long and it all comes together at the same time. Yeah. So was that, so that was book number seven? It was, yes. Although I sort of, I, I restarted my count it and, and uh, just pretended that those other novels didn't exist um, at that point. <laughs> that was just the warm up. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and that was Laura Bradford? Laura Bradford, yes. And we're still together. I think I've been with her for... I think it's 13 years now. So it's, um, it's been, yeah, it's been great. Okay. So that, so what's interesting. So you must, you, you must've gone to a publisher direct as well as her. And then they, yes. they both offered at the same time. Did you end up taking that deal? Yes. I actually entered a writing contest and, um, I okay. placed first in it and the, the, the editor said to me, send me the rest of the book. So it was just, a, it was after so long of submitting, you know, and trying to get sort of, I guess, past the gatekeeper to get an editor to read my material. It kind of all just fell into place, um, by entering a contest, um, through a local writing, um, organization. And I actually met my agent at a conference. So it's sort of just, yeah, it all, it all just oh, fell into okay. place. Yeah. So it was it was it was sort of you putting yourself out there and just continually absolutely um, expressing that you wanted to be part of this industry you wanted to sign up yes, with people. That's great. For sure. So did you sign that book deal independent of your agent or did, was your agent involved in that deal? No, she she jumped in very very quickly and uh, and okay. she took over that deal. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was um, I was very lucky. I was very lucky it all just worked out. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I know that you are publishing the, the your latest book Cuban Daughter and that Lost Daughter series am I right in thinking mm-hmm. that you're publishing with Bookature that's correct yes I am and is the other publisher the same publisher that you've been with since book seven slash one no no actually I um I've sort of I, I've moved around a little bit over the years um, I always find it so hard to move publisher because I um you know it's that close relationship you develop with an editor so um I have had a couple of changes but since I think it was since 2014 or maybe 2013 I've been writing historical fiction for Amazon publishing um I, I work okay. with the UK office 
And so right. I'm, yeah, I have a book come out every year with, um, with Amazon Publishing and which they are World War II historical fiction novels. And now yeah. I've got this exciting new series uh, with Bookature. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's been wonderful working with, with two really strong publishers. And I sort of, I'm, I'm the sort of author that, that writes a lot. I'm very prolific and I just love being busy and, and creating all the time. So it sort of works for me having the two publishers so I can, um, I suppose, put out more books each year. So are you doing one book for each publisher every year? I am actually doing two books for Bookature a year and one for Amazon at the moment. Um, oh, but wow. I, I, ne- I need to um, I need to backtrack a little bit and just say that during COVID here in New Zealand, we had very strict lockdowns. So I spent a uh-huh. lot of time at home. We could not leave. The only time you were allowed to leave the house was you know, to go to the doctor or, or go to the supermarket. And so we had weeks and weeks and weeks on end. Um, we had two separate, you know, very strict lockdowns. So I did what any good author would do and spend a lot of time writing. So I did sort of, I I caught up a lot on my schedule. So I was very ahead of myself. So even though, so I'm not actually writing the three books, I I, I did have a lot of material already written during that time. So um, it's not quite as punishing as it sounds. (laughs) Ah, okay. Okay. So you had a sort of a a backlog. I had a backlog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And presumably, Laura, your agent sort of presented that as, oh, we have some books ready to just kind of be edited and, and go through. Absolutely. And I was so, I always was with Amazon publishing, I was always finding that um, I was always saying, can't we, you know, um, can I deliver this earlier or can we publish this earlier? Um, because I was always, um, yeah, always ahead of schedule. So the exciting thing was that during COVID, um, I went through that whole period of, I suppose, like everyone did, feeling very glum about being, you know, stuck at home. And um, and then I just came up with this magical new series that sort of really captured my imagination. So um, if one thing came out of COVID for me that was positive, it was certainly um, developing the Lost Daughters series. Yeah. I mean, it, it was yeah. a great opportunity for people to just sort of be alone with their thoughts, I think. And a lot of people yes. did. There was a sort of boom of people coming up with new, new books and stories and, and things like that. I, I guess just time as well. It gave people time to finally write stuff that they'd wanted to write but didn't have the time to do, I guess. Yes. And I think also just having that, I mean, we're very fortunate here. Um, you know, we have a lot of space where we live. And um, although I was home with children, who I had to help with their schoolwork, uh, which was my least favorite part of COVID, um, <laughs> it was it was wonderful to actually just have that time. I think more thinking time. There was no sort of dashing to school pickup and all the after school activities that I normally have to ferry my kids to and from. And it just, I think, gave me a lot more thinking time. And it also made me realize that there were so many places I wanted to travel to and and so many things I wanted to do. And, and the world suddenly felt so, you know, shut off. Um, you know, our international borders here in New Zealand were closed for, um, I, I'm not for exactly how long. I think it was it was two and a half years. Um, it was definitely two years. And so that's, I suppose, how the series was born too, because I just, you know, it was me dreaming of all the places I wanted to travel once um, <laughs> once we could travel again. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that um, everyone was happy to sort of be like, oh, I'll go, I'll go travel at some point whenever. And then as soon as that yes. gets taken away from you, you're like, no, I want to go now. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just suddenly knowing you can't do something, obviously, you know, it always um, makes you want it just that little bit more. Yes. Yes, exactly. So Bookature, digital first uh, yes. publisher, is is that kind of like, I, I'm not really familiar with what it's like working working directly with Amazon as like a publisher versus just sort of self-publishing yourself. What's the big difference there? 
Look, to be perfectly honest, it's just like working with any other uh, big publisher. So, okay. um, yeah, it's um, Amazon have been incredible. I've had a, a wonderful home there for so many years now. I actually met my editor from Bookature when she was working uh, for Amazon uh, in the ah. London office. So that was how I, um, <laughs> to be honest, that was probably the only reason I uh, I even branched out. I, I felt that I already knew her and and trusted um, her as an editor. So it was a it was sort of a, an easy pivot for me, I suppose, to offer her um, the new series. But no, Amazon are very much um, like other publishers I've worked with, uh, just you know, very much like a traditional um, publishing model, and they are digital. Uh, first as well, or although in saying that there is always a paperback edition um, that comes out with the book. But as far as I'm aware, I don't have um, the, the wide distribution through actual physical bookstores. Um, but no, it's 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 very similar. Both both Bookature and Amazon are, are very similar publishers to work with in terms of their author focus and um, I, I suppose just the, the type of publishing model um, and their their great marketing skills. Yeah. Yes, um, that's I, I hear a lot about Bookature and, and the, the great success that they're having with with marketing um, and sort of doing things slightly differently to the kind of big, older, established traditional publishers. Yes, absolutely, and I think they are. They really do. You know, they know what they're doing with their digital marketing. I suppose I'm quite fortunate because having you know been published by Amazon, who uh, they have an incredible way of marketing with you know just with, with Amazon and, and who they yeah. can market directly to. So I've been very fortunate. So I have been published by very traditional publishers who have just been, you know, paperback and, and not had that digital focus. Um, but I think, you know, so many of my readers are, are digital. I have a, a growing um, a growing group of audio uh, listeners as well. So I think that's a really big market. So it's um, it's just exciting to be, to be with two great publishers, to be honest. Yeah. And so how... How do you, do you say you've been with like a traditional, um, a more traditional publisher? Does it, does it, does it feel kind of very different the way that Bookature and Amazon, the kind of digital first guys, the, the, the way that they operate? Is it, is it very different? Yes, I think it is. I think one of the biggest things is that, you know, from when you hand the book in and, and the book is edited, it, it's published so much faster. So I feel like you haven't mm-hmm. got that that really long lag that sometimes exists in traditional publishing where it might be a year or 18 months or even longer um, before the book actually hits the shelves. But I, I think also they're very author focused. You know, it's they're very much wanting you to feel part of the process and, and, the, and that your voice is heard. Whereas I feel in the past with traditional print publishers, you know, it's um you perhaps don't get such such a say over, you know, things like cover art. Um or just, you know, I, I do feel that they're they're both far more author centric um than, than maybe some other publishers. Yeah. Cause I guess there's a there's an amount of when it comes to the timeline, there's a there's a lot more sort of flexibility because you're not having to to sort of create, you know, do a do a whole print run where these things need to be planned and like set up and manufactured many many months in advance because you can't like digital first you can change the cover you know mm-hmm. within like a few weeks of the book actually coming out in many cases yes definitely and i do think that's something that you know some of these digital first publishers are uh, you know really focused on is that if something isn't selling or there's you know you're not seeing that the sales perhaps that you expected you know they they will often be prepared to change the cover or to change the blurb or to to make those tweaks to to make sure the book performs whereas i feel like you know that that flexibility just simply can't exist necessarily in the in the very traditional publishing model yes that's true yeah but then the there's obviously the converse thing which i think is 
more of just a sort of sentimental thing than anything where you can't a lot of the time go to your local bookshop and find your book on the shelf at the bookshop. Yes. And I have to say, this has actually been one of the most exciting things about this series. So obviously I signed with Bookature as a digital first publisher. Um, uh-huh. I knew that they, um, their parent company, um, uh, Hachette Publishing, I knew that they um, that there was a chance they could pick the book up for print and, and there was obviously um, the hope that there were going to be some foreign publishers there too. And um, and they did pick up the paperback. So I have the paperback coming out. So The Italian Daughter, the first book in the series, uh, that'll be in UK bookstores in June. Um, and also the first book, The Italian Daughter, came out here in New Zealand um, just last month. So it has been oh so God, exciting. Amazing. It's been just so <laughs> wonderful. After so many years of I've never seen my book on the shelf. I've been, you know, going to every single bookstore um, to actually <laughs> just to, to see it with my own eyes. So it has been lovely, and it is also coming out in paperback uh, in the US and uh, through, through Grand Central Publishing in December. So it's been really exciting, actually, having those print deals come through and, and having the best of both worlds. So I, I, do, I do feel very lucky. Oh, amazing! That is that really is the best of both worlds. <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And. So let's get back to your kind of, you've been writing um, uh, and publishing for for quite some time now, and you've got uh, many books uh, out there. Um, I had a quick scroll through on your website just to see all of the, all the covers. And it's really yes. interesting seeing the, because the, you write in series. So the covers are usually set to match per the kind of block of the series. And it's really yes. interesting to see how those have kind of uh, evolved and kind of grown. Do you feel like, as a writer, that you, your style has has changed, has grown since your first book? Oh, it's grown hugely. And I think, you know, in the beginning, I was, you know, obviously, like many authors, I was just so focused on, on being published. And I mm. think also, probably in a way, writing to market in terms of thinking, I want this to be my career, and I, I want to write, you know, the books that are going to sell. And, and I feel that I I now I'm at a position in my career where I'm so fortunate that I'm actually writing the books of my heart. I'm writing the books I truly, you know, want to write the books that I would, you know, would love to read as a reader. And so I do feel very fortunate that I've been able to sort of, um, I feel make that pivot and that, um, that, yeah, that I can write just truly the books of my heart. So whether it's the World War II fiction, um, all this exciting new series that I've been, been working on. Um, I think it's a it's a really special thing to actually know that you've pitched books that um, that you know you're not just writing because you need to to pay the rent or, or the mortgage um, that they're actually that that's good too um, but you know that I feel like I can and my editors trust me and trust my judgment and I really trust them as well and I'm at a point where I I'm just so happy with um, with the content that I'm able to create. Yes, I think writing yeah. for markets always a dangerous. Uh, approach to take when it comes to to trying to get your work published? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I have taken a lot of my older books down from my website too, because I don't, um, I mean, I still love all those stories that, that, you know, they're always special to me, but I feel like I've finally found just my voice and, and the types of stories that I, I really want to write. So yeah, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. Well, that's great. And it's, it's great that you, I'm sure that that kind of confidence comes through in the writing now as well, now that you feel sort of very secure in what you're writing and how you're writing it. Yes, I, I hope so. And I think too, when you've worked with the same editors for so long, my editors at Amazon Publishing, you know, I've I've been so fortunate to have a wonderful team um, there. We we always actually I was edit- I was emailing my editor at Amazon just before and we had a hashtag dream team because we always call ourselves the dream team. <laughs> There's two editors and myself. And it's just I think, you know, 
I've I've come to a point where I think if you choose the right people to work with and you really trust your team, you know, if they tell me something's not working and that I should, you know, sit down and rewrite 50 pages, then I, I know that I can trust them and that they have my best interests and they really understand my voice and, and the story I'm trying to convey. So I think it's really wonderful to be in that position where you really can trust uh, the people that you're working with. Yeah, building a relationship like a strong relationship like that is is going to be so invaluable just for a for yeah. a, for a career in in uh, in publishing or in or in any industry, I imagine. Yes, absolutely, and I think too once you develop that um, that relationship and, and that trust, it's it just makes it so much easier going forward, and it also makes it very hard if an editor leaves. Um, it's change is always awful, um, but <laughs> yeah. but losing an editor is I, I think it's just the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah. And because it does take so it takes so many books to actually really trust someone. Um, and you know, if someone else said to me, someone new said to me, "Oh, you know, delete that those twenty five pages or that chapter and and start again," I'd be thinking, "Oh, I'm not so sure about that." Whereas you know, the editors <laughs> I have at Bookature and at Amazon, if if either of them said that to me, then I would just think, "Okay, you know, they know what they're doing, they know my writing, and." and i just trust the process yeah yeah exactly yeah. it's that it's just that kind of like we've been doing this for, for a long time yes you know what I mean? absolutely speaking of doing this for a long time uh-huh. as someone who's sort of been through it had the ups and downs uh for for, for aspiring writers who are, who are listening to this and maybe mm-hmm. interested in, in publishing their work and and getting it out into the world what advice would you would you give to people looking to sort of take their writing from something that they've written down and they have kind of saved on their computer to submitting it and getting it published? Look, I think the biggest thing is that if you have actually written a whole novel, um, an entire novel, it is you're so much closer to being published than anybody else because I think so many people will say um, to me or to other authors I know that they want to write and they want to be authors too. Um, And then you'll ask them what they're writing and they'll say that they're not writing anything. And I think, well, you know, if you're really serious about this and you're committed to actually, you know, putting the effort in and, and writing the words, um, there is no reason why you know your dream isn't going to come true um, of publication. Um, the one thing I would say is that when I was starting out, self-publishing wasn't an option. Um, mm-hmm. It just simply didn't exist in the same way that it does now. Um, and there was also quite a stigma about you know the kinds of books when it did um, start taking off. You know, um, self-published books versus traditional publishing. Then there was it was sort of quite a hard decision. And I am for, I feel fortunate that I wasn't able to just, you know, write what, well, the, the, the book that took me two years that I thought was a masterpiece. I am so <laughs> grateful that I did not have the option of just hitting publish and putting that out there because I do think it's, it's so accessible now, which is a fantastic thing. But I really think, you know, you need to be confident that it is the best work and, and that it is the work you want to be, to put out there. Um, and so I would suggest that if you have written your first novel, um, you know, start the next one, put that first one aside um, and, and put some space between, you know, between, um, bet- you know, just, just take, the, take the time to actually put it aside and then go back and read it in a month or two months or three months and perhaps print it out and, and read it on paper. Um, and just make sure that you are really happy with the content before you choose to self-publish. Um, I think there are still great opportunities out there for traditional, um, you know, for traditional publishing deals. Um, also for younger writers who are, you know, on TikTok, there's, I mean, it's just a, it's a whole new world that I certainly am not part of the TikTok scene. I think I'm too old for that now, but I do think there are so many opportunities out there and, you know, just be brave and, you know, don't be scared of hearing no, you know, there is, you know, there could be a hundred rejections before, you know, you get that one phone call or one email from an agent or an editor saying that they want to work with you. So I think it's writing is such a subjective 
it's such a subjective industry to be in um, in, in publishing. And, you know, one editor might read your work and, and not like it, or it might just not be what they're looking for that day. They might already have, if you're writing contemporary romance, their list of, of contemporary romance authors might be full. And then you come across, a, you know, an editor somewhere else who, you know, loves what you've created. So I just think you need to have the tenacity to, to keep writing and not be scared of rejection. Um, and also look in the back of books you're reading. You know, often authors will credit their agent or the editor and just start to see, you know, what agents might be working with the types of authors that are similar to what you're writing. And, and yeah, just sort of, I suppose, really, for me, I, I treated it like a business. And I looked at, I looked at, you know, what agents were representing what authors and, and, you know, what publishers were, were picking up new authors. So I think you really just need to put the research in and, and also spend the time just, just doing the words. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of great advice there and it, very good to remember that as you say, it's very subjective and lots of people will have different thoughts on, on your manuscripts and it's especially you yourself. So yeah, definitely giving yourself some distance from a manuscript to really kind of take time to think about it or get some of your friends or like other yes. writing friends, that you know, to read it, to, to just make sure that, um, it's maybe not as, you know, not as amazing as you thought it was <laughs> or conversely, not as terrible as you thought it was that that's often the case as well. Cause yes, I think absolutely. We all have imposter syndrome from time to time, especially course, in writing. Of, of course, of course. And I think too, that's another reason it's, you know, in the same way that you don't want to just give the, the manuscript to your mother and who's going to perhaps tell you that the, that's the best thing she's ever read. Um, I think you also have to be careful and, and be be careful of, of who you let read the novel because you don't want to, you know, someone to read it who isn't going to be supportive or who isn't the right target audience, um, you know, to read it and, and might give you feedback that could be entirely unhelpful, but, you know, really um, could crush your, you know, the, I guess your confidence. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you can join a, a local writing group or find, you know, a tribe of other um, pre-published authors on Facebook, on a Facebook group or, or somewhere on, on social media, you know, that can be a great way to actually have a critique partner and be reading another, you know, um, author's work, another writer, and and be able to work together or a small group where you can you know look at each other's work yes the the writing community is is everywhere and um yes. for, for, from my experience very welcoming and um and friendly absolutely yeah amazing that's um a lot of really great advice there thank you so much for sharing that and that brings us to the uh what is always the final question of the podcast which is uh Soraya, if you were stranded on a desert island with a single book which book <laughs> would you take with you do you know i find this question so difficult because <laughs> i have to confess i never reread books i even uh -huh. a book that i absolutely love i've never reread a book before so i'm going to pick probably one of my favorite books uh, in fact my 100 my favorite book of last year which was the seven husbands of evelyn hugo um, uh -huh. because i found that to be such a different unique um, just a really clever story. And I thought, actually, if I was ever going to reread something, it would probably be that book. Um, but I have to say, if I was on a desert island to strand it, I would read any book because I would be, <laughs> I just, I love reading and I would, I'd, I'd give anything a go, but I think that's the one I would take with me. Oh, okay. No, that's a good one. I mean, I'm the same. I very rarely reread a book. What I'll sometimes do is I'll, I'll remember something, flick open an, an old book that I loved and reread yes. like a certain passage or a chapter or something. Yes. And but I, I think the hard, the hard thing is there are some books that I just, in my mind, are just the best books I've ever read from many years ago. And I'm almost too scared to reread them in case <laughs> they don't live up to my yeah. expectations of what I remembered them to be like. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading, it's always a risk reading childhood uh, favorites because you never know if they're going to be as good exactly. as you, you kind of made them to be in your mind. Exactly, yes. Well, amazing. Thank you so much, Saraya, for coming on the, the podcast and sharing all of your experiences and telling us what you're up to and about your new book. It's been really, really great um, chatting with you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And for anyone listening, um, if you want to keep up with what Soraya is doing, you can follow her on Twitter at Soraya underscore Lane or on Instagram and Facebook at Soraya Lane Author. The Cuban Daughter is out on March 23rd, which uh, I think has already happened by the time this airs. Um, And to make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, follow along on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. To help support the show, head over to the Patreon page. uh, And if you like discussing story tropes, check out my other podcast podcast the chosen ones and other tropes thanks again to soraya and thanks to everyone for listening we'll catch you in the next episode